welcome to Behavioral Grooves. My name is Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. And this is the podcast where we explore reasons for why we do what we do. And the behavioral science behind those reasons and how you as listeners can apply those to your work and life. Yeah, that's an important part of it, the work and life thing. And Tim, I just have to say, you are the best co-host that I could have ever hoped for. You are just witty, you're bright, you bring poignant, great pieces of information to conversations. I am just so lucky to have you as my co-host. You're you're complimenting me, right? I, this is a compliment. I mean, not only are you just witty and smart, but damn good looking too, man. Are you doing this because we're talking about Bob Cialdini's principle of liking today? We are, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. we are. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yes, and so Bob Cialdini's principle of liking basically states that we prefer to say yes to those people that we like, that we have something going on that we feel an affinity towards. Right, right. And there's there's three primary areas, right, that make up liking. Is that right, Kurt? Yeah, Cialdini talks about three different things. He talks to the point that we like people who are similar to us. Right, so we want to we do business with, we want to have relationships with people that are that are similar in, in uh, skin tone and intelligence and vocabulary and religion and all kinds of things. Like yeah, that, and right? you can go back and kind of look at evolutionary psychology and the tribe, right, and various different facets. But yeah. it can also be about interests. It can also be about... Um, you know, the sports team that we like, hey, we are both Timberwolves fans. Well, at least I am, maybe you're not, but you know, I like other Timberwolves fans. I'm not so big on, you know... Golden State fans? (laughs) I like Golden State too, but anyway, you see where we're going with that. The other thing is that we like people who pay us compliments. Oh, so this is where this comes up, huh? Yeah. Okay. Does authenticity get in here at all? Well, (laughs) yes. And so, as we've talked about many times in other episodes, we have a real good BS detector, and that's not behavioral science. That's the other BS. And so, when people are inauthentic, that, that shows through. People... If you show pictures of people, some there are pictures of people with real smiles versus that same person with a fake smile, people within seconds, actually milliseconds, can spot that fake smile. Right. We know inauthentic when it comes. So, you know, everything outside of the good looking part was really authentic. Um, uh, okay. What, what, <laughs> let's just keep moving. What's the third point? <laughs> people like people who, help them or cooperate with them to achieve mutual goals. So if you're helping me and I'm helping you, we tend to like each other more, right? That that mutual component of working together is a powerful thing. Yeah. So there was a great study on negotiations that kind of gets to this. It wasn't there. Yeah. So there was an there was a study that they used MBA students, of course, right? Um, and they had these these students negotiate with each other. And in one of the uh, experiment. Uh, components that they had. They said, hey, time is money. Just get it down. Start negotiating. Go work at it really, really hard. And it, in, in that situation, 55% of the the two people came to an agreement that was mutually beneficial for them. So 55%, more than half. Not okay. bad, right? Yeah, we'll take it. In the other situation, though, they asked, they told people, hey, take a few minutes up front to get to know that person. Find something that you have that's similar. 
And so, again, trying to find some of those areas of similarity. And when that happened, in that group, 90% of them were able to come to an an agreement. And that agreement was 18% more beneficial to both parties. Both parties. That's the the big kicker for me is that it's one thing to reach consensus and to, to agree, but the actual results were better for both parties when they were cooperative. Right. Which shed some light on the way negotiations are are being done in the world today or could be done in the world today. Right. As opposed to getting in and just focusing in on the facts. Let's get to know the people. And think about that in everyday life. We are always, maybe not negotiating, but we we are always trying to work with other people. And oftentimes we get stuck on the objective and the task at hand, as opposed to taking a few minutes to say, hey, let me find out a little bit about this person. And by so doing that, you tend to, to like that person more, right? You tend to, to, to agree with that person and, and you're more likely to come to some mutually positive agreement for both of you. There's also a side part of liking that, that isn't addressed sort of square on, but it has to do with like this halo effect about physical attractiveness. Yes. And, and I think it's really interesting that when we think about how, uh, how we're attracted to uh, stars, celebrities, you know, that their looks, their appearance is really important to us uh, as a society. And it's even gotten so far as to how certain jobs have been hired for, right? Yeah. The pharmaceutical industry in the 80s and 90s started to hire a bunch of um, homecoming kings and queens, right? The yeah, yeah. those attractive high schoolers that we all loved. Um, yeah, they're and, they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful, and and so that was probably not specifically based upon Cialdini's work, but it was this component that they they realized, you know, accidentally probably that these people were better at selling. They, the, the doctors found them attractive and yeah, they, yeah. they spent more time with them. They liked them. And so they were listening to their message more and being more persuaded by those messages. And that comes across in all sorts of advertising. You don't see much advertising with really ugly people, no, right? They no. are mostly attractive. And that's by default because, hey, we like those people. We astri- we strive to be like them and we have that component going on. Yeah, there was a study that a bank did uh, a, a few years ago where they put uh, photographs of people that they said this is, uh, they, they sent a, a note to their customers and said, here's a photograph of the person that's going to be your on-the-phone banker. And really, an on-the-phone banker, their looks shouldn't matter a bit, but they used a variety of different images, and they found that the most attractive people who were the most similar were the ones that the customers found the most valuable and did the most business with. When they were not attractive, when the when the customer service person or the picture wasn't attractive, and they were dislike the person that they were sending to, the customer, the, their business went down. Well, you talk about that similarity and think about this from you know the evolutionary component of this, right? We were tribal in nature. And so right. the, the people in our tribes 
tended to look like us. They had similar features, similar hair colors, similar eye colors, typically. Not always, but typically. And so we tend to have more trust for those people. We tend to like those people. It's one of the really sad things about some of the stereotypes and biases that are going on in today is there's some evolutionary component to that, which in reality shouldn't make a difference. Just like the attractiveness and similarity of the person picture on the phone in a call center for a bank shouldn't make any difference of how well that person's ability to do their job is. But the fact is, it does make a difference to us. Right. Whether or not we think that it should from a societal perspective. Right. So Tim, what are some things that we can take away from this? What are some of the things that listeners can take from this to say, hey, how do I apply this to work and life moving forward? So Cialdini wrote these from the perspective of influence, right? And and persuasion. So if you're going into a, a meeting and, you know, as much as we would do this intuitively, it's nice to pay, them, pay the person that you're meeting a compliment. It's nice to actually dress in a similar manner. Give them a reason, to give, don't give them a reason to say no, basically, based on the way that you look and your appearance and, and the words that you use. And of course, be cooperative. We, you know, we love people who cooperate with us to achieve uh, mutual uh, ends. Now, we also have to make sure that, again, we're authentic in this and that the compliments... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, this gets back to the compliment thing, doesn't it? <laughs> we get back to those compliments and the compliments can't be seen as BS. They Because we'll know, detect it. You'll detect it. And that actually has a big backfire effect and, and really is, is different. Even to the point, like you said, dressing similar to somebody, if that is inauthentic for you, you don't dress similar to somebody because they will see through that and that then is a a, a negative connotation if you're if you normally dress in a suit dress in a suit if you normally dress in jeans and a and a thing unless it's absolutely not appropriate dress in jeans and a t-shirt right that authenticity comes through but with that understand that hey compliments authentic compliments can be really nice and just take some time take some time to get to know that person and find some things that are similar what sports do you like what activities do you like to do you know what's your family like hey you know what we all have you know some aspect within our history that we can probably find something just something that is similar and with that thanks for hanging out with us listeners listeners